This is The Every Lawyer, presented by the Canadian Bar Association. Welcome to The Every Lawyer, a Canadian Bar Association podcast. I'm your host, Marlise Silver-Sweeney. Can you even have a conversation with friends these days without getting into the Canadian real estate market? I live in Vancouver, a market that's seen a 126% increase in home sales this March compared to last March. House prices in the greater Toronto market have gone up 20 to 25% since COVID-19 hit, and home prices in Nova Scotia have hit record highs too. So needless to say, mortgages are also a hot topic these days. And we're discussing the Mortgage Instruction Toolkit today on The Every Lawyer. It's available on the CBA website under Publication and Resources, and also under the description of this episode. It serves to help all lawyers understand the intricacies of this area of real estate law. Our guest today is Ray LeClaire. He currently serves as Vice President of Public Affairs at LawPro, an insurance provider in Toronto. He was co-author of the toolkit. so much for being here today with us and taking the time to explain the major components of the toolkit and its use for CBA members. Thank you, Marlise, for this opportunity. Uh, It's uh, wonderful to be able to promote the toolkit. The Mortgage Instruction Toolkit was created for lawyers, and uh, we know that lawyers are using it, but it's always good to uh, promote it some more. Awesome. So that's perfect. It's a great intro to my first question, which is, let's talk about the toolkit. Can you give our audience a brief overview of this tool? So who is it meant to be um, serving and how can they use it? Great question to to start with. The mortgage instruction toolkit was started because uh, lawyers were receiving instructions from uh, financial institutions that were beyond the scope that they could actually uh, deal with. And uh, it was an opportunity to try to address these issues in uh, how do you uh, present uh, uh, the subject. Up to now, it's been basically one individual lawyer writing to a bank to say, this isn't proper or I can't provide that. And we thought that there would be uh, more strength if we had uh, the CBA actually add its voice to uh, to the solution. And so now, uh, instead of uh, a lawyer responding, they can say the CBA recommends or suggests uh, the the following. Um, So it's one way to be able to elevate it. Uh, The other thing is to also bring the issues to the lawyer's attention. A lot of lawyers uh, know the instructions, uh, but don't know how to deal with it. So we wanted to raise that matter with lawyers to say, uh, yes, we understand that you're being asked to do things that uh, you should not be doing or that you cannot do. And uh, this is a way to, uh, to, to deal with it. And uh, so we, we uh, put forward uh, these suggestions. Uh, we also wanted to also to engage the bankers. We used to have uh, historically a very good relationship uh, between lawyers and bankers. Uh, it was very much a local relationship, the local bank manager and the local lawyer. Um, they could agree and uh, modify things and and uh, proceed on a, uh, a mutual basis. Um, however, for a number of reasons, uh, the bank centralized that function um, and the lawyers lost that avenue, that channel to be able to uh, raise issues. 
Um, and so we were hoping that by raising these issues, that the banks would uh, then uh, provide us with the, with the channel to be able to address some of this. And uh, we're very pleased to see that the banks did respond uh, in, in exactly that way. Some have uh, already changed some of the requirements, and we're hoping to continue that dialogue. Well, thanks so much. You've given us a really comprehensive overview, and I've obviously a lot of follow-up questions, but I wanted to start going back to the beginning of what you said there. You, you were talking about some problematic or improper requests from the lenders. Can you give us an example? What does it mean? And, and then how does the toolkit help lawyers navigate these types of issues? Yes. Um, so one of the, uh, I guess, one of my pet peeves is um, being requested to provide an opinion that the water is fit for human consumption. Of course, we're talking about rural property. Uh, there's no municipal water. There's a well or some other method of getting water. And mm. uh, there's often a requirement that the water be, be fit for drinking. But there's a request for the lawyer to provide an opinion that it's good fit for human consumption. Uh, well, there is no such test. Um, there are health units that will do tests of the water for certain contaminants that are found in the water and will give an opinion as to whether or not they're in the range suitable for human consumption. Uh, but overall, it's a very minute number of contaminants they're looking at. Um, and it's definitely not a, uh, a result that uh, confirms that it's fit for human consumption. Oh, and interesting. So we've advised lawyers that they should not be providing that kind of opinion. They're not qualified to, and they don't have the backup for doing so. What is being suggested by the toolkit uh, is that lawyers provide the certificate that's provided by the health unit with the results that it has mm -hmm. uh, and indicate that that's a, a full response that the lawyer is able to provide to the lender. And that typically is satisfactory and uh, it is not an issue. Uh, but again, a concern that you know, a lawyer would be giving an opinion and later be sued on that opinion right. uh, on the basis that uh, they don't have that uh, ability. Right. Oh, what an interesting example. OK. And can you talk me through how a lawyer would use the toolkit in that instance? Like what would they look up? Um, what would their response be? You mentioned that the toolkit, you know, sets out an appropriate response to that type of request. But how does the lawyer actually access it? The uh, toolkit is on the CBA website and uh, basically uh, you can go through the website or, in fact, you can Google CBA Mortgage Instructions Toolkit um, and it'll pop up. Um, I want to commend the CBA uh, for uh, making the toolkit available to all real estate lawyers in Canada and not just members. So it's not behind the wall. Oh, good to um, know. OK, so for our audience, anyone can access this. Yes, anybody, any real estate lawyer can access it, which is a great resource um, available to lawyers. And the uh, toolkit was created not as a book that you read from A to Z uh, mm -hmm. when you uh, you know can't sleep at night, uh, but uh, instead more like a dictionary. Uh, if you have an issue, uh, then you go to the toolkit, you look up the issue, uh, the, um, the topic there will be explained to some extent. There may be an example of what the request uh, may be like in the uh, mortgage in, in mortgage instructions received from the lender. Right. Um, and then there's typically a solution or a suggestion by the uh, toolkit committee to basically uh, respond in a certain fashion or to be wary of uh, certain responses. The toolkit comprises uh, presently, I think it's 36 different topics. Uh, they're all set out in alphabetical order on the, uh, uh, on the website. 
And you can simply on the main page, click on the topic that you have an interest in. Uh, it brings you to that page. And it's typically a very short. Uh, they're not very long. Two, three pages would be the maximum length of, uh, of, of a topic discussion and have plenty of information then for the lawyer to be able to put into a letter to the bank uh, to say, um, you know, here's, here's the information I have or here's what I can do. Thanks for that comprehensive rundown. I think that makes a lot of sense. I was actually going to ask you, you gave us a rural example of water safety. And so that's great for lawyers practicing in probably more remote areas or people that are looking to buy recreational property. Can you give us an example now of something in more an urban setting that the toolkit responds to an issue that comes up that you've seen on the ground um, that the toolkit is able to help with? Absolutely. One of the ones that is often uh, asked of lawyers is to confirm zoning. Mm. Uh, and uh, basically every property across Canada. And that's one of the features of the toolkit. This was not done by uh, a committee of uh, lawyers in a particular province. The number of lawyers was uh, ranged from throughout Canada. And so we have that perspective in, in place and in, in that it's not regionally centra- centralized. It's, it's very much reflective of the uh, practice across Canada. Mm-hmm. And so in zoning, uh, you could be asked uh, you know, to provide compliance. Compliance could be uh, in the setback requirements, uh, uh, such as the minimum lot size and the frontage and uh, uh, the height of the buildings and uh, the, the size of the yards, et cetera. But it also could be uh, in the use of the property, whether it's commercial, residential, industrial, et cetera. Some of that information is obtainable online by municipalities. Some you have to get a report and so on. And so we go through the, uh, the issue uh, and then we provide uh, two different responses. And uh, uh, the practice today is that title insurance is involved. Mm, okay. uh, title insurance may cover uh, some of these issues. And so it's a matter of uh, if you have title insurance, then there's no opinion to be given because the lender will be relying on a title insurance uh, policy. Okay. Uh, and so lawyers should be wary uh, to make sure their opinion does not uh, provide or they don't provide an opinion um, on zoning if they have the policy. They also need to look at the mortgage instructions to make sure that the uh, lender is prepared to accept a title insurance policy on that issue. And so that's uh, one matter. And then we provide the situation where there's no title insurance and uh, the information that the, the, you know, that the lawyer or how they should proceed to answer uh, that uh, request. Right. Well, it sounds like this toolkit responds to a lot of pitfalls that real estate lawyers uh, can find in their practice. So it sounds very useful in that way. I wanted to go back to something that you said earlier, uh, and that was around the issue between communication between banks and lawyers. I was wondering if you could expand on this. Why is this so important to real estate practice? And is there a way that the toolkit helps navigate or respond to that issue? Uh, thank you. It does in uh, in two ways. Um First of all, it's very important because instructions come in and uh, sometimes they're not specifically geared to that client, that property, and so they need to be modified. Mm. And so how do you modify it? A lawyer cannot do that on their own. Um, They have to uh, uh, seek instructions from the bank. Um, And uh, it had become more and more difficult to do so, as I say, beforehand, we used to call the local bank manager and say, uh, you're requesting this, you know, this doesn't apply here, or you know, uh, this situation, um, and the bank manager could waive it or could accept a suggestion 
of an alternative but from the lawyer. That's no longer as easy um, in that there's a, uh, and in fact, the person you receive the instructions for typically doesn't have the authority on behalf of the bank to make a change. And so now you need to go up the line somewhere to, to get somebody who's actually knowledgeable about the matter and the underwriting side and to uh, be have the authority to be able to uh, make a change. So um, the, the toolkit does provide a suggestion that, you know, you should be making uh, those requests. Okay. Uh, you should be following up. Um, and it also has opened up the channel with the banks uh, where we had no universal channel, if you want. Uh, there's now been discussion between the Canadian Bankers Association and the Canadian Bar Association real estate lawyers to try to coordinate these things so that we can, first of all, avoid the instructions that are not as 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 or that aren't available that lawyers aren't available to to uh, to meet, but also to be able to ensure that it they can be dealt with on an individual basis also. And uh, so that discussion has been opened. Um, and in fact, in our phase two, we're actually hoping to uh, progress uh, uh, with more discussion uh, going forward. Okay. And so you mean phase two of, of advocacy between the CBA um, Real Estate Association and the Canadian Bankers Association or phase two in, a, in the toolkit? Um, actually, yeah, phase two in the toolkit. Oh, okay. um, so phase one was... Uh, putting together these topics. And uh, we went through a year, uh, I think, of, of uh, coordination to come up to 36 topics and put them out. Um, and then that was kind of a generic, let's look across the board and see if there's uh, different things in place. And we went back to the bankers and uh, said, here's what we found. And of course, they see our our toolkit on the website also because it's not behind the wall. Right. So they can see what the issues are. And some have addressed them. Um, and then when we, we asked uh, for them to address, they then uh, came back and requested that we individually go through their instructions to be able to highlight to the individual banks because not everyone has the same issues. Mm-hmm. And so the second phase is exactly that, is we have a, a second group of, of individuals who are now looking uh, at uh, the individual instructions from lenders to be able to highlight for that specific lender uh, matters that would be of, uh, of concern that we want to discuss and uh, that we could uh, proceed uh, with. Uh, now, out of the first phase, we had approached them and uh, we have an outstanding request or five outstanding requests, if you want, on uh, from banks. One is aversion control. Uh, lawyers tell us that they receive instructions. Uh, they'll receive one fax one day, a second fax the second day, and maybe a third fax the next day, or they'll get a copy by email or um, uh, now on the platforms that are out there. The problem with it, of course, is when the lawyer receives them, uh, you don't know if there's been any change because there's no version control. So you don't know if it's a duplicate or if there's something that has been changed. So we've asked uh, the banks if they would consider um, adding a version control to their uh, instructions so that when they're received, if you get a second copy, you can quickly uh, uh, confirm um, that uh, what the case is. Because uh, sometimes these instructions can be fairly lengthy right. and uh, small print and very difficult to be able to uh, identify a specific change. The second request we have for them is a section for particular requests. Most of this, inf- uh, the instructions are standard requests 
that you do on every transaction. Uh, but very often, uh, a transaction will have something that's particular to that client, particular to that transaction, particular to that property. And unfortunately, uh, sometimes it's just hidden in the rest of the small print. Um, and so we've asked uh, if they would consider, again, putting a special section where these uh, particular requests could be so they could be easily identified to make sure uh, that the lawyer does cover it for the lender so it's their advantage and to make sure that the lawyer knows about it early enough so that they can attract uh, attend to it uh, as soon as possible. Well, it sounds like these, maybe let's not talk about all five right now, and I'm, I'm sure our audience can go to the toolkit and, and see them, but it, it sounds like these issues and in, in version two of the toolkit is going to be even more useful for your audience. Uh, when can we expect it out? When is version two being released? Well, it's not, it's not necessarily a, a, a release that we will have in that I don't think there'll be anything added to the toolkit, um, although it, it could be also uh, if we find another topic that we haven't discussed, but uh, part the, the importance of part two is to further the dialogue with the banks gotcha. uh, with the financial institutions. Right. And hopefully from that dialogue, there will be some changes to instruction so that some of these uh, um, co- concerning provisions will no longer be there. Uh, or will be addressed in a way uh, that makes it easier for everybody. Right. Well, it's a multi-purpose toolkit then. Uh, I wanted to ask you how non-real estate lawyers can use this tool. Is there any use for them in it? Well, I guess to the extent that they uh, they have clients who have real estate and uh, you know have uh, may have some questions, they could look up and see what the the types of issues that uh, are encountered. But typically, again, uh, these are this would be specific uh, to real estate lawyers, and uh, probably best left to you know the uh, the ones who specialize in that area. Right. Uh, we always concerned about dabblers, <laughs> uh, people who are into a field that they don't uh, regularly do, whether it be real estate, criminal law, civil law, or, or whatever. Um, there is a concern that somebody takes on a, a task that they're not used to, um, and so this is probably more specific for real estate lawyers. Okay, that makes sense. And you're a busy person, so I don't want to take up too much more of your time. But the final question is a little amorphous, but do you see the mortgage toolkit as a living document? Um, and what's in its future? Very good question. Thank you. Uh, yes, it, and, and it was it was meant to be uh, exactly that. Um it was uh, it was meant to be a document that could be added to or changed as uh, things progressed. Uh, there is a constant call out to all Canadian real estate lawyers uh, that have any issue with a financial institution um, to raise it uh, with the CBA um, so that we can uh, uh, look at whether or not uh, we need to add another topic. Um, the 36 topics are not uh, uh, set in stone. Uh, and uh, we are always looking for uh, a new topic, and from time to time, a new issue will come up, uh, and uh, we are actually considering maybe um, adding a couple that we uh, that, that have been raised uh, lately, and we're also looking at to see, uh, you know, if there's a change. Uh, that's one of the things. I mean, if the banks, uh, financial institutions all change their instructions and get rid of, uh, of a specific requirement, we may very well drop that topic uh, from the from the toolkit. Uh, but I think more importantly, uh, what it does is um, engage a discussion between 
uh, lawyers and bankers. And um, I think uh, of the past, I think that's the greatest loss that we have suffered is the communication channels uh, that were so uh, available prior and so easy to uh, to uh, follow um, have become a little more difficult and a little more streamlined. And uh, hopefully this does reopen that channel and gives us an opportunity to have uh, regular discussions about issues. And it, and it goes both ways. I mean, uh, I'm sure that the banks are complaining about lawyers <laughs> about certain issues. And uh, uh, we have raised that with them also to say, uh, you know, if there's something that uh, you want us to uh, pass a message on, uh, we want this to be a two-way communication. And so we're very much open to uh, continuing on this and and uh, to keep the, the toolkit alive for exactly that purpose, uh, uh, to ensure that we cover Um, new things that come about, but also to maintain that discussion. Right. So it's a toolkit and it's um, a means of communication between bankers, lenders and lawyers. Well, Ray, thank you so much again for taking the time to explain and to give us examples. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much for the opportunity to uh, to be able to uh, to promote a toolkit. I think it's a great resource, uh, you know, maybe biased in that I worked on it, but I, uh, with others. But I think every lawyer should go and uh, Google it, uh, CBA Mortgage Instructions Toolkit. Uh, go take a look at the topics that are there. Uh, send us your comments. Send us your suggestions. Uh, we look forward to, to getting them. Um, and the the real estate, uh, uh, the real property section of the CBA. Um, is very proud of this initiative uh, that was started and uh, uh, is ongoing. What a topical discussion. Thanks to Ray for explaining the ins and outs of this area. If you want to learn more, the toolkit can be accessed through the CBA website under the Publications and Resources section and also on the episode description of this podcast. We'd be interested in hearing your own experiences with real estate law and your thoughts on the toolkit. Tweet to us at CBA underscore news, or you can reach me at my handle at SS. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to receive notifications for new episodes and leave us a review. We also have a podcast in French called Juriste Planché. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode.